Uh, you're listening to The Dollop. This is a bilingual, bi-weekly American history podcast. Each week, I, Dave Anthony, read a story from American history in both Spanish and English to my friend. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic will be about. Senor. Hmm? Si. Si. To oh. you as well. Hola. Ocho. Uh, uh, tortuga. Me gusta basketball. Ah, leche. Ah, ah, si, 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 si. si. Hola. <laughs> Senors. God, you want to look at a dude? I'll do one bottle. <laughs> people say this is funny? Not Gary Guerra. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickling Podcast. Okay. You are Queen Fakey of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. <laughs> a bunch of religious virgins go to mingle. And do what? Pray. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> We were just talking and we're putting out there that we, um, any, I don't know if there are any female underwear companies. <laughs> I don't think this is. That, uh, listen, but we are willing to wear f- female <laughs> underwear, uh, as, uh, you know, let it, to let you know. All right. We, I think we can. How good it feels if you want to advertise <laughs> okay. on this show. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. So that's a soft plug. 1840s. Okay. New England. Sure. As the anti-slavery movement ratcheted up, so did the pro-slavery reaction. Of course. As to be expected. What else is going to happen? Look, the the pendulum swings. It went like this. Slavery's bad. The hell it is. It was was their taste great, less filling. (laughs) People who weren't born before the 80s? Uh, No, no, probably people who were born, I mean... Late 80s, 90s, for sure. I have no idea what that is. Yeah. Uh, the Northeast had a very different life than the South when it came to blacks living in society. Okay. Uh, in Boston, the anger at slaves being freed was directed toward white abolitionists, not blacks. Okay. Wow. Which, which that makes is... sense because they're, they're, if they're <laughs> shockingly mad about mature. It, yeah, it actually is. They're, they're actually. <laughs> yeah, they're mad at the people who are actually enacting the change, as opposed to the people who are affected by the change, which is yeah. not very American. Yeah, no, I, I think I've made this reference before, but it's a little like Jerry Springer when a guy's seeing two girls and the other girl comes out and she beats up the other girl. Right, it's like beat up the guy. guy. The guy's guy. the issue. Yeah. Uh, so. For the most part, uh, Yankee commoners didn't interact with blacks in their daily lives, so there really wasn't much anger towards black, black people living in the sit in a city like Boston. Okay, right. By the eighteen forty, you can put it wherever you want. No, I just saw yours is there, and I didn't know if there's a. You can, coast we can sit. both have a drink on the table. <laughs> Look at the table, just, dude. This is what happens when you have light, a kid. Just keep going. <laughs> like like this table, you can't put a drink on. Look, I don't. I, you're t- you think I, I look to me that could be some sort of like someone's like oh yeah it was like naturally <laughs> the ocean gave it this contour and then I put my drink on it and you're like ah coasters. <laughs> Uh, I would rather have ruined tables than I hate coasters. Right. Coaster, uh, if you're Fuck a coaster off. person, honestly, I know. I come on, me. come on. Uh, just get a table that's not that great. Yeah, because it's life. You put your fucking drink down. Table. And move on. It's a table. It's a table. That's what I think too. When like like when my car gets a ding, I'm not like I gotta no. go get that buffed out. Right. Like I'm the guy who's at a stoplight and people are like, "Hey man, for a hundred bucks, I'll fix that." And I'm like, "No, I'm not care." <laughs> 
Plus, those guys don't do a good job. But. Oh, you sure? It is weird that a guy who pulls up at a McDonald's uh, in a parking lot actually can't do a good job fixing your car. That's true. Uh, my buddy fell for it once in a oh, parking lot. It fucking ruins your car. Oh. They put cement in there sometimes. The real... I was trying to to pick up the pace. Sure. So by the 1840s, Boston was actually a stop on the Underground Railroad to Canada. Okay. Uh, But that was just the common working man or the lower class guy. The real resistance to abolitionism came from the elites of the city, conservative merchants who just wanted to keep their commercial ties with the southern states. Mm. They were called the Cotton Whigs. It's weird that, that... that the rich capitalists are lacking morality, but that's that's, this is a rare case. Well, yeah, I mean, but anyone who's against it, those are hired people. Right. Yeah. Uh, There were also conscience Whigs who were mostly conservative ministers. Okay. Conservative ministers and merchants who saw slavery as a great evil that should not be done to man. So people with a conscience. Okay. uh, People with a, a soul. Okay. Uh, money versus morals, essentially. The two groups battled back and forth politically, but they did not take any of this out on the black population. These elites were men who controlled the city government, so when they had a fracture, it was far more difficult to get their way than it was when it was just poor versus rich. Right. As it should be. Right. Yes. And that's we the- all agree. <laughs> and slavery was exactly such a problem. Uh, though rioting was seen as a lower class way of acting out, the elites also would use riots if it suited their needs. Okay. So they would talk shit about rioting and be like, oh, the poor's are rioting again. Oh, they, look at them. They, the poor's are upset again. And then at some time they'd be like, oh, fellas, let's all throw our hats. We need to riot because we're right. It's the right riot. Throw your hat. Throw your, your hat. And your glove. Everyone hit them with feathers. Come on. <laughs> oh. Hit them with feathers. Oh, throw a daisy at them. That'll show them who. There you go, daisies in the air. No, oh, I'm lightheaded again from Anger all the Anger is happening. Oh, I'm, I must lay down. I've got the vapors. If they couldn't get what they wanted by politics or the law, they would use what can be described as direct action, also known as violence. So when the elites thought there was an immediate danger to the republic that could not be resolved by politics, they would borrow the act of writing from the lower classes. Right? Interesting. Yeah. Right. Doing, doing away with the slaver was exactly such an issue. They saw it as too revolutionary and a threat to the order of things. Yeah. You can't have, you can't have the order of things screwed up, even if it's slavery. Like you slavery. said, moral versus money. Yeah. But that is the, I mean, that's just obviously very I mean, I wish, I wish there were, thank, thankfully this is all over. In the case, the local papers controlled by the elites would write about how it was okay to riot in this particular instance. Right. So they're, in this they're, circumstance, right, well, it makes sense. There's an asterisk. There's an asterisk. I have a point to make. Yes. People with Latin would like to not own people, and for that we should take to the streets and break windows. Yes. Now think about uh, how much our workload will double without this. I will have to pay Uh, people prices uh, more for things. I'm getting lightheaded again. I'm having one of my spells again. I I must lay down. How much will my cotton products cost? Double. We should own people. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, that's really what it is. Yeah, it's if you th- now if you really think about it, it's selfish. <laughs> <sighs> oh shit! Uh, so, 
Also, a wig, like a white, one of those white wigs may as well be like a KKK robe. I mean, those, I mean, well, <laughs> I mean there obviously are, there's a splinter faction splinter in this party. Of ministers in day, but no, yeah. But the, the fancies. Yeah, the fancies. No. Pa- papers who would scold the lower classes for writing would suddenly change their tune and write, quote, if there is no law that will reach it, uh, it must be reached with some other way. <laughs> hey, whatever, man. You know, that's how laws work. Yep. Uh, in the 1820s, during the anti-Freemason movement, the elites used riots to prevent anti-Mason meetings organized by the lower classes. Okay. And these riots would become worse and more frequent when it, be- when it came to the issue of slavery. The riots would be carried out by, quote, gentlemen of property and standing. Yeah. White men? Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, these were doctors, lawyers, merchants, bankers, judges, and congressmen. Ugh. They said getting rid of slavery was a, quote, amalgamation of the races. They believed in traditional values. But is is that even true? Isn't what? it more that they, like, I, I'm sure that that's part of it. Oh, the but isn't it, part? Yeah, isn't it more that the, it's like they need slavery because that's... They, it keeps the prices low. Yeah. Just so, like, like, it's... I mean, I, I bet that's how you can make an argument to the public, but I... Obviously, like the top priority is like I don't want to lose any money, right? Yeah, it's all it's about money. It's a good, it's a common and, and talking. Then, point. And then they wrap it in the traditional values rhetoric. Yeah, which it isn't. Talked to God this morning, and he was really upset that someone shook a black man's hand. Traditional values are you marry before you put it in a lady, <gasps> and you own black people. I'm lightheaded again. This is the environment in which William Lloyd Garrison founded the New England Anti-Slavery Society in Boston in 1831. Okay. Garrison was the publisher of an abolitionist paper, The Liberator. He okay. hit that right on the nose. Yep. He went straight for the... The Liberator. Right, yeah. It's good. Uh, after this, other societies were formed in other states, and the National uh, Society in Philadelphia after 1833. So now they're going national with this shit. Okay. Blowing it out. These societies popped up all over the place, sometimes at the rate of one a day, and somehow thousands, some had thousands of members. Wow. So it's blowing up. Right. Slavery is fucking happening. Right. Uh, also, if you're a poor white guy, you don't want slavery because slavery yeah. is jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Garrison was. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Garrison was a very gifted. And yet you still had white guys being like, it's not right. I, someday I'm going to own a slave. Yeah, it's like, no, no. Yeah, Once that's, I curl out of my mud hut. That is totally like, the that is the mentality of this country, though. It's like, <laughs> man, you know what's messed up? We got to change this. I need slaves, too. It's like, no, no, no. 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 <laughs> uh, so Garrison was a very gifted public speaker and could really spread a message. And therefore, he became a threat to, quote, traditional values of owning slaves. Uh That was a quote. Sure. That was a quote from a human. Cool guy. In 1833 in New York, when Garrison was at a meeting to organize an anti-slavery society, the anti-abolitionists decided to hold their own pro-slavery demonstration at the same location. Okay. So they double booked it. Awkward. <laughs> oh no, we have this space. We we. Uh, oh, we, we've we've already been setting up chairs. When did you? But I booked this through Lou. I booked it through Lou. When did you book it? Over two months ago. I've been planning this for I, ages. I was over three months ago. No, Debbie's made a whole. Oh, look, we're not leaving. Oh, I don't. I don't talk to women. Oh. 
Well, now I know whose side is whose. <laughs> um, so, so he's at so he's at this meeting, and having two months, two, having two meetings in one location led to what you would think: no meeting taking place, which is exactly what they intended. Right. Right. Oh so yeah. They double looked right. at it for yeah. Right. The Courier and Inquirer, as well as other respected papers of the time, attacked. The Inquirer. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure it's spelled with or an maybe I. it's the Courier and Inquirer. Maybe it's the same. Oh, uh, same. Okay, because the Inquirer was back then, and it was like, we're legitimate news. It's like at some point, some <laughs> lunatic cokehead came, and he's like, nah, man, we're going to talk about boob jobs and cellulite. You seen Michael Douglas's face lately? It looks like a catcher's mitt. Run that on page one. That's a, that's a good story, though. It's not great. Uh, so they attacked Garrison. The elites okay. were not down with it. These anti-abolitionist, uh, anti-abolitionist attacks were becoming more and more common. And in 1831 in Connecticut, Prudence Crandall allowed the first black student into her school, which up until that point had been all white. Okay. And she was a Quaker. And the white parents pulled all their daughters out of the school. So she then, instead of giving in to what they were trying to do, she established a school for black girls. That is... Well, that's such an amazing bluff call. Yeah. We're pulling out all of our children. All right, it's a black school. What? Yeah, have a good uh, life. Later. No, we were... uh, Uh We were... Get out of here. uh, No. Get out of here. I... I, Get out of here. (laughs) Garrison advertised the school in the Liberator, and black families started sending their daughters from out of state to get an education. Okay. Well, this was a bit much for the town. Why? They first protested at the school, then started holding town meetings to figure out what to do about the, quote, nuisance. Uh-huh. They, they do have, uh, it's, uh, it's, at least the language isn't as racist as I'm used to. It seems like <laughs> they're, uh, I don't want to give it them any, little, I don't want to give them any gold stars, but I mean, they're well, not. They're have not. You ever been, have you, you've been in New England. They're very into their fucking. I would say New England now is maybe more racist than them. <laughs> uh she was then cast out of all the local churches and shops. So this woman is now Prasada non grata in the town, right? Okay. Uh, the state then passed the state. Sure. Instead of the town, the state then passed a black law, which allowed them to refuse to give the girls anything. So they passed a law saying that they <laughs> didn't have to supply the girls with <laughs> things like food and clothing. Okay. No one would sell them items in shops. Stagecoach drivers would not drive them, and doctors would not help them if they were sick. Cool. Because doctors, you know, you take that oath. Well, Except the, for yeah. black people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I took the oath for uh, helping whites. <laughs> yeah, the white oath. Uh, the, Crander, the Crandall's uh, well, so the well at the school, was filled with cow shit. Huh. Well, which is bad. Hey, for can you drink that or water? Oh, okay. I well. can drink it, but I, <laughs> I'm a steel man. Okay, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I can drink anything. All right. Uh, and so no one would give her water. So that's cool. Yeah, that's uh, that is cool. S- uh, somehow, that's per- also. I mean, like, <laughs> cash it in your well. Like, that's a. I mean, that's just like. Like, I, I mean, we were just saying, like, I was, like, five minutes late because I walked out of my apartment today and I stepped in dog yeah. shit. And I was, like... Furious. I was almost dropped to my knees like the bad guy who got, you know, like, someone got away from him. Like, yeah. shit! <laughs> but then imagine you're well. You're like, uh, uh, this is... And the fact that they had to bring the cow and hang his ass over. Uh, I don't know how exactly the logistics... <laughs> 
It's got a lot of cows. Yeah, all right, guys. So the town was becoming more and more angry because Prudence Crandall continued on with her school. Even through all this, she's like, we're, yeah, we're fucking educating these kids. They're like, they've lost 50 pounds each. And she's like, <coughs> okay. <laughs> okay, everybody get a glass of water. Uh, okay, today, the state capitals. The windows. Drink the- your shit water, girls. Come on, we're going to fight this. <laughs> Come on. The windows uh, of the school began to be uh, smashed regularly. Uh, and filth was smeared all over the school. Jeez. So they're, they're bringing it. Uh, after they finally failed to have uh, the school closed through legal means, the town then set it on fire. Okay. Sure. Uh, That's probably a tough one to come back the from. The school was then closed okay. in September of 1934. Wow. So, so, you know, New, New England. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Liberal New England. <laughs> yeah. Baby steps. In Boston, abolitionists were excluded for, from the Anthonyum Library. Okay. Uh, the Reverend, that's where you, that's that's your library. Yeah. Right. Uh, the uh, Reverend Doctor Leonard Bacon. Sorry, the Reverend Doctor Leonard Bacon. <laughs> the Reverend Doctor Bacon. That's correct. And this is a pig with a suit on. I, I don't know his physical. Uh, this is swine situation. in a bishop's outfit. I don't know his physical situation. <laughs> All right, everybody. <laughs> Gather round! <laughs> uh, he called abolitionist political candidates political desperados. Still, they're keeping it very... Yeah. High political high. desperados. The American Bible Society turned down a donation of $5,000 because it was supposed to be used to give Bibles to slaves. I mean, oh. that's exactly what Jesus wanted. That's crazy. Like, at that point, like, <laughs> you don't want... Slave step by you're supposed to convert everybody. Yeah, like I'm like like yeah, I would never make the argument for like get more Bibles and more paws, but my <laughs> God. You're like, no, but they can't know. It had to have been because they thought it it would lead them to reading, right? Who is I mean, this God? Who is this God? He's not a great one. It's a what lot is of this deal? There's a lot of He sounds like a dude who sits on a lazy boy, pounds beers and throws them at the TV when he's watching football. That's who he is. He just is like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You what? Come in. Claire, shut the window. Shut the window. A Harvard professor lost his chair because of his abolitionist beliefs. Uh, so he pu- stood from then on. He stood from them. Uh, publishers in the North made sure their books did not contain anything that would upset the pro-slavery South. Okay. <laughs> Which still goes on today when you, when you oh, get into dude. the old textbooks like, for schools. Man, shit, there, there really are a lot of schools that have... Uh, evolution and creationism. Yeah. Schools. I mean, why not? Where they're like, okay, so there's one theory. Here's the other one. God's a bit of a baker. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was science. Now it's magic time. <laughs> All right, a little nutmeg. But the abolitionists continued, and throughout the North, pro-slavery riots broke out. John Whittier gave an anti-slavery speech in Concord and was then pelted by eggs and stones. <laughs> well, I mean, like, the, the, the guy who starts throwing the stones after two minutes of eggs, like, right, Charlie, 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 Charlie. Ease it up. Ease Charlie, it up. come on. We were going to do eggs. Uh, one, eggs are too expensive. Rocks is free. Rocks are right here by my feet. Uh, one of the stones badly wounded his leg. Then, <clears throat> in August 1935... A Southerner complained about the abolitionists and threatened to withdraw from the Union. So Southerners okay. were like, 
I don't know if you know what happened, but they end up doing that. Really? It's actually 1835. Yeah. I probably shouldn't have said 1935. Yeah. But that but, is... But yeah, I don't know if you know history, but yeah. eventually they, they it gets really hardcore and they, they leave. Yeah. And some other stuff happens. Well, I'm not sure about the other stuff, but it's all, it's it's like, that's like a drunk guy leaving the party like, fine, I'm out of here. You're like, get out. Okay. Go. Thank you. Uh, for those pro-Southern business elites in Boston, this was the ultimate nightmare. Right, they don't want because that's money, <clears throat> right? And, and they were embarrassed that Garrison was living in their city. <clears throat> He's living in the city, getting up to uh, up his people up to you know, no good. Yeah, not wanting other, which people, means good. People. So no good in this time is good, right? Generally, right. up is down. So the pro-slavery gentleman decided to hold a pro-slavery demonstration at oh, here's a fucking word, Fanuel Hall, Fanuel, Fanuel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, to let the That's where sa- I saw Bill Cosby uh, host a taping of Kids Say the Darndest Things. <laughs> oh, boy, do they? <laughs> yeah. Turns out Cosby did the darndest things. <laughs> uh, so uh, there they passed formal decula- declarations supporting slavery. Many of Boston's prominent citizens were there, like the mayor... Uh, Theodore Lyman and the current Lyman, Lyman, yeah. Mayor Lyman. Lyman, you can trust a Lyman <laughs> and the current leader of the Whig Party, Harrison Otis. It's where you get a normal name. Uh, no, did, that, I mean, it, this is how abnormal the time is. Harrison Otis didn't even strike me as that crazy. A local paper Harrison wrote, Otis. he's got a double name. Uh, a local paper wrote, quote, we have never seen a larger or more respectable audience mm. within the walls of the hall. Mm-hmm. They're so greatly pro-slavery. Uh-huh. This- wow. What a great group of guys. This was the environment in which Garrison brought George Thompson, an English abolitionist, to speak in Boston to a meeting of women. Okay. So that's... Right. Already the pro-slavery crowd was upset that some foreign job would be interfering in American business. Oh, now, right? yeah. Here comes Piers Morgan. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Hello. I, I tapped the phones of No, you're parents. wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. As he just pushes buttons. Oh, he's awful. Thompson was to address the women at a hall next to the Anti-Slavery Society in the Liberator offices. Oh, man. So this was a double offense. Not only was a foreign asshole coming to talk about how slavery was bad, but he was doing it to women. Yeah. To women! I know. The idea. If you give them too much information, they'll forget the recipes. Thank you. Good Lord, sir. How can they make babies if they're thinking? Come on now. Immediately, the response to the announcement was for the pro-slavery forces to post signs all over Boston, which urged people to bring, quote, the infamous foreign scoundrel to the tar kettle before dark. Wow. So if, I, if I'm Mr. Foreign Gentleman, I'm, yeah. I'm out of there. Ooh, kettle? What, what sort of tea is tar? Hey. I've never... Hello, I'm in it. Ooh. Oh, it's hot. Ooh, it's water. Wait, no, wait a moment. I just realized I'm dying. <laughs> Sorry, I hate to be a stick in the mud, but the, my torso and below is gone. You're really burning me, you are. He was described as Mr. Foreigner Thompson. <laughs> I love that they put Mr. Yeah, yeah, it's like a normal name for this time. Instead too. of Foreigner Thompson. No, it's not Foreigner. Should we put Foreigner Thompson or Mr. Foreigner? Well, let's not be rude to the gentleman. 
And so a couple thousand men gathered in the street right when the meeting was supposed to take place. Riot when the meeting was about to take Riot. place. Riot. Fortunately, the abolitionists knew the danger and uh, Thompson was not brought to the site. The women, however, went on with their meeting while the hall and stairway of the building was filled with raging pro-slavery <laughs> men. Uh, oh, guys. Uh, the mayor, for his part, <sighs> did actually try to stop what was happening and tried to disperse them, but he could not. A state representative said of the mayor's interjection, quote, The mayor, to put his chair down on the eastery side of Washington Street and stood upon it and spoke, warning the multitude that appeared threatened to depart their respective homes. The mayor then descended from his chair and departed. Okay. <laughs> Well, so he tells everyone to go home. Go home. And he leaves. My work is done. I've done what I need to do. Chair out. <laughs> but the mob was not about to give in. I can't believe that. It they didn't work, but he awesome, was on the chair, I was, thought. I know. Uh, they broke through the door of the anti-slavery office. Fortunately, some constables pushed the upper class men out before anything happened to Garrison, who was sitting at his desk writing a letter. <laughs> oh, Wow. Uh, I am cool as a fucking cucumber. Yeah. <laughs> Gentlemen, I'm writing a letter I wonder to if my he mommy. Was, I wonder if he was even writing anything or, or if just, he was just <laughs> wanted to like appear that he was just like totally, that chilled out. He, totally, totally. Like he's, if you looked at it, it would just be like butterflies. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, I'm just writing a letter. What's up with you assholes? The mayor then went to the ladies meeting. Okay. And ordered them to leave because he did not believe he could protect them from the mob. Okay. Well, so good. That shows that he really stands yeah. he stands his ground on stuff. So they did. Two by two out the door. Two by two because each woman exited with a black woman. Oh, wow. Oh, shit. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Something tells me the guys are going to be cool with this. Now, maybe the mob didn't know black women were inside or maybe just the sight of the white women walking out with them was too much, but they couldn't take it. Oh, God. Quote. <laughs> the idea that the, a visual of this nature just, just sets them into Just a... make you so mad. They're walking next to each other. It's worse than we thought. <laughs> it's worse than we thought. <laughs> Quote. When we emerged into open daylight, there went up a roar of rage and contempt. No! Julie! Oh, oh, I'm lightheaded again. They slowly gave way as we came out. As far as we could look either way, the crowd extended evidently of the so-called wealthy and respectable, the influence and standing. So it's all the rich assholes in town. <laughs> yeah. The Boston Commercial Gazette would describe them as an assemblage of 1,500 or 2,000 highly respectable gentlemen. Yeah. It's fucking a lot of fucking rich assholes. Respectable gentlemen. The respectable gentleman now shouted, Garrison, Garrison, we must have Garrison. Out with him, lynch him. They also demanded that an anti-slavery sign be taken down, which the mayor immediately did to try to quell things. Okay. And they quickly destroyed it. Okay. <laughs> the mayor took Garrison to the back of the building where he climbed out a back window onto a shed roof. He tried to hide in a carpenter shop behind his office, but the... Respectable gentlemen were already out back. Being respectable, I'm Very sure. respectable. So uh, Garrison went upstairs. The workmen in his shop kept the crowd back as much as uh, uh, they could, but the mob finally broke in. 
I feel like I should describe the mob because it's probably not what people have in their mind. No, no, no. It's a bunch of respectable gentlemen. These are rich guys. Quote, stout, thick set, and powerful men, about 40 years old, all dressed in new, near blue, broad cloth suits, as well as a multitude of neatly dressed young men. So it's like fucking Wall Street, right? Yeah, it's just the worst. Finally, the rich guys could be held back, uh, could uh, could not be held back any longer. They broke through the door, found Garrison, and dragged him to the window. They were about to throw him out the upstairs window. Jesus. When someone yelled, don't kill him outright! So they put a rope around him and took him down via a ladder. So they're going to fucking slowly kill him. Like, that's the idea Uh. now. Well, they're thinking stuff through. They're like, don't kill him quick. We can do this slow because he he doesn't want people to own other people. There. How do you you bridge that gap? It's a tough one. Right? How do you bridge the gap of like, respect human life? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, like, you're... There, Garrison was rescued by two truckmen. They were brothers, Daniel and Buff Cooley. Whoa. <laughs> you, dude, you just called the Dan and Buff Cooley to the scene? You ready, Cooley? Uh, they were stronger and tougher than all the rich guys and took Garrison back to the mayor, who now had several men uh, to help him. You know the guy was like, oh, don't kill him outright. Don't kill him outright. Now look, we don't get to kill now, him at all, you idiot. he's not dead. Now he's got the coolies with him. Don't kill him outright. He's got the coolies with him. Let's have fun with it. Buff is here now. They then put Garrison in the old state house while the crowd surrounded it. Ugh. He had to be given clothes. Wow. As he was now, quote, bareheaded and half naked. <laughs> Jeez. What, did they ripped his hair out? No, his hat. Oh, Remember just his the hat. whole hat thing? Oh, right. <laughs> so they mentioned he's bareheaded. <laughs> Like, that's like the first thing. It was quite a scene. Bareheaded, naked, stabbed 80 times, but man, was his head bare. What if the women see him without a hat? Uh, oh, I'm getting lightheaded again. If, if there's one thing you, from listening to Dollops that you learn, it's the hat thing. <laughs> that hats were insane. There's no way anybody else has covered this. I've never heard the hat thing. No. It's crazy. Hat pins, birds on the hats, the hat riots. It's Straw, I mean, the straw hats. Remember when all those people died on the Brooklyn Bridge and it was just yeah. littered with Hat, hats, hats down below? <laughs> and people were like, oh my God. The mayor's group decided the only place they could keep Garrison safe was in the jail. So they arrested him on the charge that he, quote, did disturb and break the peace of the Commonwealth and a riot did cause and make to the terror of the good people of the Commonwealth and against the peace and dignity of the same. Jesus Christ, just charge him with fucking disturbing the peace. Yeah. That's long. Yeah, yeah, Once yeah. You write a book. You're you know, just, we're going to write a book about your charge. You're disturbing the peace with the charge. Meanwhile, the authorities of the city... The but they, Sorry, they're doing that to throw a bone to the uh, anti-abolitionists. No, they're trying to keep him safe. But why can't you just throw him in jail then? Why did they have to charge well, him? They, they, because then it's like... I don't, I don't know, but I think it makes it like legitimate. Like put him in. Maybe he didn't want to go. Maybe they just want to keep him safe. They put him in jail. I think it's the right call. I mean, it is the right call. But I'm like, as as they, as like they're they, probably like the only place is safe for you is jail. So we're going to charge you with murder. Okay, <laughs> right this way. Just throw him in a cell. Yeah, but as long as they don't, uh, as long as they don't press the charges, it's fine. Okay. Yeah. Well, then make the charges fun. Murdering a giraffe. Okay, I mean, there's no drafts in the city, so, it's so it doesn't matter. To... It's a, he's not going to get. It's not going. I, I, I highly doubt. He's not going to be found guilty. Highly doubt that's illegal. 
<laughs> no, it's not. And it's hilarious in uh, Hangover 3 if you're a shitty writer. Meanwhile, <laughs> the authorities of the city, that got a little personal and weird. The legislature, uh, which was in session, and many others came down to witness the insanity. Curiously, the situation was entirely being handled by the mayor. An alderman said that, uh, quote, though it was the duty of the mayor to put down the riot, the city government did not very much disapprove of the mob to put down such agitators as Garrison and those like him. Right. So the city government's like, fucking tear him up. Come on. He's, he, 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 he's not down with slavery. What Kill do you him. mean he stopped it? The editor of the New England Galaxy heard a judge say, quote, I hope they will catch him and tar and feather him. And though I would not assist, I can tell them $5 are ready for the men willing to do it. Oh, so there geez. you go. That's the, that's the judge. That's yeah. the law. Law of the land. Cool. Just getting up in there. Yeah. The thing about judges is in our country, they've always been impartial. pretty fucking impartial and sharp. The mayor had a carriage brought to the front of the building, but that one was a deception. Okay. Or a Decepticon. Okay. Another carriage came around back. Uh huh. The rich guy mob did not fall for it. They rushed the back. Nope. There were thirty or forty men lined up. On- I can see you played carriage switcheroo before. <laughs> There's thirty or forty men lined up, which is hilarious because during the Boston busing, this worked. Yeah. So they forgot. They're getting all stupider. The t- they forgot all the tactics. <laughs> Uh, so there's 30 or 40 men lined up on both sides of the steps to guard Garrison. These were truck men, like the Teamsters of the day. Okay. Right? So they're the, they're the fucking guys who are against slavery. Right. Not only because who knows if it's about morality, but fucking jobs-wise, yeah. you don't want people working for free. Right. Again, we're a capitalist society, so that's how the lower class is against slavery. Uh, <sighs> the mob, quote, rushed with great fury to break through the lines and seize Garrison as he went from the old state house to the coach. But those men on each side stood firm and did not return or in any way notice the blows which the merchant's clerks dealt profusely <laughs> at their heads and bodies. So it's just fucking uh, rich guys. Oh, oh, move, you brute, move. It's <laughs> move, you brute, move. Oh, I'm exhausting myself hitting him with my glove. Move, you brute, move. I just see these guys laughing. And yeah. like, As like they're like hitting their heads. Like, all right, all right. It's like getting hit by a salamander. It's like when a little dog is like jumping at your leg. You're like, okay, oh, buddy. Oh, look at you. Oh, move. <sighs> their lines were kept firm, uh, and the men did not break through. And after a fearful struggle, Garrison <laughs> got to the coach. Then an attempt was made to cut the harness. Of course, you want to cut the harness. At that moment, the coach driver cracked the whip and the horses charged. The rich guys scattered to avoid being run over. (laughs) Garrison was then taken to the jail and locked inside. Quote, William Lloyd Garrison was put into this cell. uh, He wrote this on the jail wall. Okay. William Lloyd Garrison was put into the cell on Wednesday afternoon, October 21st, 1835, to save him from the violence of a respectable and influential mob who sought to destroy him for preaching the abominable and dangerous doctrine that all men are created equal Ugh. and that all oppression if odious in the sight of God. <laughs> so, yeah, that's good. Yep, that's good. Right. Yep. The next day... I like that he still calls him a respectable mob. Yeah, well, I, I think it's a little bit sarcastic. I think it's a little yeah. tongue-in-cheek. Uh, the next day, with just minor injury, injuries, Garrison was freed and the charges were dropped. So there you go. Okay. So he didn't kill that giraffe. Nope. While the upper class made up most of the mob, witnesses said there were also middle-level employees there, too. Middle-class Protestants had signed the pro-slavery documents at the hall. It's so weird that Protestants would do that, because mm-hmm. they've been They're, such on the fucking right side of all this shit. Yeah, forever. 
the newspapers were largely supportive of the rich man's pro-slavery riot. The Daily Advertiser wrote, quote, The whole transaction was the triumph of law over lawless violence. Ugh. The Christian Watchman wrote that the abolitionists were as responsible as the mob for the riot. How? Because they were there. Because they're trying to free Because they people. started it with having a good point. Don't you see? The one Boston newspaper wrote about the hypocrisy of wealthy men who had so many times condemned riots when committed by the poor now being part of a riot. Quote, when a mob attacks the female members of the anti-slavery society... Papers say it is a fine affair, a gentlemanly mob. Yeah, sarcastic. Yeah. George Thompson. um, They're just trying to place blame for who put cow shit in the well. That's right. Yeah. George Thompson dug the knife in a little bit, saying, quote, such a mob, 30 ladies rout, and a six by two board demolished by 4,000 men. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, None of this stopped Garrison. And he wrote as much in The Liberator, attacking the pro-slavery gentleman riot, and that it just proved he was just. From then on, the Massachusetts Anti-Slavery Society would have a hard time finding a hall or church to meet in, and ended up holding their gatherings in a staple. Okay. Fuck. That's fine. Whatever. Yeah, yeah wherever, you know, as long as you're having meetings. Might be a little cold. <laughs> whatever. Just, just let you know who you're fighting against. Yeah. The state legislature would eventually allow the group to see in the state to uh, see in the state house. I don't know what that means. See in the Ma- state maybe, house. Maybe uh, meet in the state house. Okay. Right. When a hall was built in Boston, just a couple of years later, a militia would have to be called out to stop it from being burned. No militia was there to stop a pro-slavery mob from burning down a hall in Philadelphia built for abolitionists. But hey. We would go to war and kill each other at an astonishing rate to keep slavery going. So this wasn't very much. Anyway, that was the North. All right, let's do it in Spanish. Nothing like a... Who knew there were pro-slavery riots? How cool is that? Yeah. Well, I mean... justice, my friend. Yeah. Pro-slavery riots. Yeah, it's tough, man. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, good. Good. Feel better? Yeah, well, we've had a couple feel-good ones, so it's good to <laughs> sort of, but I don't know. It definitely uh, doesn't feel like we're getting further away from that time. <laughs> I think someone should take a poll to see how many people in America would now approve of slavery. And then we can get a real, yeah. real measure of what's going on today. Yeah, well, and also, like, you know, again, I mean, you like, it's... It's the time you live in. So it's, you know, truly like there's just multiple avenues of normalization for how these things seem okay. And even when you're in the world today, it's it still seems like that. It seems like like when you hear reporting on stuff, you're just like, what? Don't report. <laughs> like, do something more. <laughs> like, tell people no. Like, do something. And so they're like, all right. Well, very interesting. Um, yeah. Well. Anyway. We sign a cars. We sign a cars. Okay. Go to uh, dollopodcast.com. Uh, that's our website. We don't have any other website. Dollopodcast.com is our website. Uh, and uh, if you want to send ideas, suggestions, you can send them to the dollopodcast at gmail.com. Uh, he's at Reynolds Gareth on uh, Twitter. Twitter and I'm Instagram. Dave Anthony. Uh, on Instagram, I'm 
Dave Dave underscore Anthony underscore. We also and, have a Dollop Podcast um, Instagram account, just Dollop Podcast, which is a lot of pictures of Jose, if that's what you're interested in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, people on Twitter will say to me, oh, yeah. what's Jose look like? I'm like, there is, he, ha- he has a catalog. Yeah. <laughs> like, he has a modeling portfolio. <laughs> and then we also have a, <clears throat> there's a subreddit uh, for people like discuss stuff, the topics. Um, and then, uh, and then we have a Facebook page. So those are all the things. Yep. Those are the things. Yeah. And then we're on the All Things Comedy Network, which is uh, a great fucking network that's going to be doing big things. Yep. I agree. And Gareth has a mustache. Yeah. I have for a while. It's a beauty. The old soup strainer. Okay. Come on. Gotta go. Come on. Broom mouth. We signed mustaches. Thank you. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this... Uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it. After it. Let's see you there. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. 